0: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue
1: wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History title! Tie game with five seconds remaining. Is there anything you
0: don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods? Fickle bunch. Oh yeah, so easily offended.
1: Gambler's not your problem. You're just an idiot welcome to the sunday scaries a full slate a blue wire gambling podcast i'm cody darwick joined in person actually for this edition of the sunday scaries with my brother tyler darwick tyler how you doing
0: doing well it's good to be back home for a week of vacation with the family so excited to get on the pod tonight a lot going on
1: a lot going on and for us the sunday scaries isn't as scary as normally just because we're a little blessed this week and have off from work However, for any Indianapolis Colts fan out there, um, is this the scariest
0: Sunday they've had since Peyton went down? Like, was it four or five years ago? It has to be up there. I mean, you go from Peyton Manning for, what was it, 15 years, Hall of Fame quarterback. He goes down with an injury. You have the bad season 2011, and then you get blessed to have the number one pick at Andrew Locke, who looks like a surefire talent. He basically was throughout his career. And last night he rocks, you know, the sports world with his retirement. We had the week zero college football games going on, which we'll get to in a little bit. But, I mean, this absolutely rocked what was just a normal Saturday night of sports.
1: Yeah, this this stole the show. Uh, I think for us, we were watching the Miami UF game. And uh, shout-out to our producer, Alex Uplinger, who actually broke the news to us. And he's like, Luck retired. We're like, what? How is that even possible? Then get to Twitter. And the Twitterverse is going crazy. Andrew Luck. Obviously, the news leaked during the game, which was kind of a bizarre thing. Um, And Luck, after the game on retiring, Schefter had the initial scoop. And then Luck said, this is not an easy decision. Honestly, it's the hardest decision of my life. But it is the right decision for me. Says he felt stuck in the cycle of rehab. Injury has taken my joy of this game away. And he was getting emotional during the press conference. Um, I just teared up a little bit myself. But this is one of the crazier stories I think we've seen in sports. And I think... We tried to really figure out what the equivalent of this was. And in terms of the NFL, I don't think anything came to mind. Bill Barnwell wrote a piece, and his opinion was that this is the biggest, like, athlete retirement since MJ. Since he did that in 93, basically walking away at the apex of his game. Luck, only 29, basically a franchise quarterback, top five quarterback in the league, walks away. Tyler, like... If, if you're
0: a Colts fan, how do you even try and reconcile what's going on here? It's stunning because if this came before last season, maybe it makes a little more sense. He missed all of 2017 with the shoulder injury, but he comes back last year and he has an awesome year, wins comeback player of the year. The Colts win a playoff game, they go to the second round and they look like they're set up to be one of the best teams in the NFL moving forward the next five to seven years. You have Luck in his prime at 29. Frank Reich was a really impressive first year coach. He looks like he's going to be a good NFL coach. Uh, Chris Ballard, the GM, did a really good job of drafting and setting up their salary cap. So the Colts were set up to move forward to be one of the you know premier teams in the NFL and challenge the Patriots and the Chiefs and the AFC and potentially win another Super Bowl. But You know, it's hard to rebound, like losing, you know, a guy like this in his prime. And people, you see the first thing he says a mental toll, and you're like, that sounds kind of soft. But then you look at some of the injuries he's had through his seven years in the NFL torn cartilage in two ribs, partially torn abdomen, a lacerated kidney that left him peeing blood, (laughs) at least one concussion, probably more, a torn labrum in his shoulder, and then whatever this injury this past offseason was. So he's been absolutely bruised and battered throughout his career so when you see that list it makes a little more sense
1: right and he already has more than enough money in terms of that kind of stuff to walk away from the game and be fine he graduated from Stanford I think luck was always kind of a different animal in the sense that he was like the ultimate like nerd honestly like with the flip phone had his own book club um was the kind of person that you would see like NFL would release clips of him complimenting players as they tackled him, being like "nice hit, man." Things like that. He just really did beat to his own drum. Um, so I agree. You see the tweets last night. I think they're taken a little out of context in terms of why he's walking away from the game. And like, I I kind of get it. Like he's 29, and I can imagine a, a vicious cycle of six years of constantly being injured, coming back, thinking you're fine, then another setback. And he's got all the money in the world. The thing that I don't understand here is unless this calf or lower leg injury, whatever it actually is, is worse than we know. The timing to me is the most bizarre part. We're in week three of the preseason. Uh, We were fired up to watch our Jimmy G play last night. And all across the board, it's like, oh, wow, the starters play the first half of games. You get a real sense. The timing to me is bizarre because obviously this has been on his mind for a while. Um to do it now is a little curious to me. Um, but yeah, now the Colts they roll with Jacoby Brissett for the regular season. And this is a gambling podcast, Tyler. So we both were like, oh shit, let's scurry to our sports book. Shout out my bookie. Um, but we were able to lock in we were able to lock in the Colts over under at nine and a half last night, about fifteen minutes after this broke, locking in the under. And we saw across the board that teams are sorry that sports books were basically left vulnerable for a little bit and then basically took all Colts related action off the board
0: yeah it's an absolute race to the finish line to basically get in those under nine and a half bets we luckily were at the Borgata in Atlantic City not too far from where we are right now the Colts were on the board with the nine and a half for about 15 minutes. <laughs> and, you know, people were getting in the bet. So that's a situation where it works. Some books were shutting it out. So absolutely crazy. And, you know, I don't want to pat myself on the back. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, here it comes. <laughs> it's said that Andrew Luck retired. Uh, you know, we all enjoyed watching him play. So talented. And the Colts were a really fun team last year to watch. Um, but I did say on our podcast preview with Matt and Greg the other night we're along the with content you game. that, the Texans at plus 350 were a good bet to win the AFC South because of the uncertainty around luck. Obviously, I didn't see this coming with the retirement, but there was obviously some mystery, and it was very strange that originally it was a calf injury, and then it was an ankle, and then it was, it was just you didn't know what was going on. So I said the Texans were a great value at plus 350, and now they're the favorite to win the AFC South. And the way that my you know <laughs> picks went last year, with that locks of the week not being great. This is a great start for me. Good confidence boost. So anyone who listens and told me, uh, the 26% who voted for me on our Twitter poll, kudos to you because... The Texans are now sitting at the favorite at plus one ninety.
1: Yeah, Texans plus one ninety. The Colts dropped to plus three forty. And just like looking at the odds here, the Colts were kind of a sexy Super Bowl pick, I think, for a lot of the offseason. You look at what they did last year making the wild card game, having all this young talent they're bringing back. They dropped from sixteen to one to forty to one. They're basically a non factor at this point. The wins on my bookie go from nine and a half to seven and a half. Um and it's the kind of thing that's just kind of wild across the gambling industry points bet who's kind of known for doing uh the karma committee where they'll refund bets um, they gave back all basically Colts futures on AFC championship game, Super Bowl, um, I believe wins as well. Uh, so this kind of rocked the gambling world, but one, one segment we, we've always done historically, and we're going to keep it going. We'll sprinkle it in throughout, but grandpa Billy's bum the week. Mine has to be related to this Colts move. The Colts fans that were booing him as Andrew Lux running off the field, that's something that's just not, uh, going to age very well. The guy played great for them and played behind an awful offensive line for, honestly, five of his six NFL seasons. He's the kind of guy that did lay it all out on line, I think, when he was out there and was constantly going, going through injury and uh, was top-tier talent in the league. And really for them, they, they've been, Colts fans have been spoiled for like 25 seasons of great quarterbacking, similar to what the Packers have gone through uh, our entire lives. So that's something where it's just like, why are you booing him? Just wait for, wait for the press conference. Like, I don't know. That's something that's like going to be a weird thing that'll age. And his last time running off the field, he gets booed. But I
0: don't know. To me, that was a little classless. Well. I read something on Pro Football Talk this morning that was interesting. That kind of spun them booing in a different light. And maybe goes against what you said. Like, they weren't booing Luck in particular. They're not booing his decision to retire. And also, you know, sports fans are irrational. That's what they do. Like, I don't think that summarizes Indianapolis Colts fans in a nutshell. Bad moment. If you do think they're booing Luck. But what I read on PFT was... Basically, they're booing like the Colts organization. How they've basically handled this luck injury stuff the last few years, where every, you know all the reports coming out are with his shoulder, he's going to be back, he's going to be back. Well, he ended up missing the entire 2017 season, and then this injury where oh, it's just a calf strain, like he'll be fine. And then you heard Ursay say it was a bone, and then you heard Ursay make a comment like this is one of the best teams he's ever been around, um, and then. Apparently, the Colts knew for two weeks that he might be retiring. So I think they were more booing the organization. Like, how did the how did you fuck this up? Like you said, they've been gifted having Peyton Manning for a long stretch, and then Andrew Luck, and you only get one Super Bowl out of it, only two appearances. So maybe it's you know that's a little bit of a stretch what I'm saying, but I think the boos could be more directed at Ursa and the organization. Like, how did you mess this up with Luck? You know, they, He got killed behind an awful, awful, awful offensive line mm-hmm. for years, and that's why he had all these injuries. And the toughest thing for the Colts fans is now they have a great offensive line with Quinton Nelson and other guys they brought in, and now Luck retires. But all the prior years of putting no help around him finally backfires, and he's retired, and now it's a huge what-if.
1: Yeah, and now the window closes where it kind of looked like it was set up for the Colts to be a top. AFC contender like as soon as this Patriots thing ends which again we spoke about on our initial pod on full slate
0: who, who knows when that's
1: happening I, I think it's coming sooner than we think but it kind of seemed like that Chiefs Colts matchup in the playoffs last year is kind of a preview to thing of things to come now not so much the case um, but I don't know do you have anything else on lock or should we hop into college football week zero
0: yeah I had one thing to bring up like I saw some people comparing it not comparing it but just bring up other surprising retirements nfl related like calvin johnson barry sanders uh gronk which wasn't really surprising but guy younger like those are i don't even think comparable to luck because calvin johnson and sanders part of the reason they retired tired was because they're just tired of being on an awful line team that was inconsistent couldn't win like the lines were losers before those two guys and they're losers after gronk on the Patriots, obviously makes him better, but Patriots have won Super Bowls without Gronk, they've won with with him, and they're going to continue to be a contender without him. Like, Andrew Luck being on the field, I mean, you could say this about quarterbacking in general, but with Luck and pertaining to these other early retirements, like, he's the Colts. Like like we said, they're a trendy Super Bowl team, so him retiring, you know, they're like a 5-6 win team this year at the Percet, and I don't even think Percet's that bad, it's just no. obviously such a huge drop-off from Luck, so like, that's why this makes it so surprising because this is a guy in his prime, set up to take the Colts to Super Bowls, maybe win MVPs, and now he's just gone. Like it doesn't compare to those other guys.
1: Any chance he goes to the XFL?
0: No, nah, I don't think. <laughs> that. His dad's the commissioner. Right? Yeah, he's the commissioner of the XFL. Yeah, I don't, I don't see that happening. Um, but yeah, shocking all around. And quickly before we move on, I'll give my grandpa Billy's bum of the week. Doug Gali with just such a Doug <laughs> Gollip and old men, you know, get off my lawn take. He said, retiring because rehabbing is too hard is the most millennial thing ever. Hashtag yeah. Andrew Luck. I mean, this is just something you tweet to get eyes on you, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, would we have a good Twitter controversy without uh, a millennial take of some sort? I feel like that doesn't exist in 2019.
0: <laughs> yeah. He's like we said, he's had really bad injuries the last four years in particular. Like at some point, I agree. Why do you want to keep doing that? He's made you know almost $100 million and he's leaving a ton of money on the yeah 58 million on the table and that's just his current contract like right. you have to think if he played well you know you assume he's going to play well this year and moving forward he's going to get another monster deal he's probably
1: leaving at least 200 in just NFL specific money let yeah, alone G- off the
0: field jim mercy said close to half a billion dollars which is a little bit of a maybe overreach of money but you know mahomes is going to get a massive deal probably this offseason luck is going to would have Leapfrog that so he's leaving a ton of money on the table and you just I guess you could be bitter but you have to kind of respect it not this isn't even
1: gambling related but the fact that RG3 still in the NFL before uh after Andrew Luck is retired is is insane and Peyton Manning's only been gone for three years
0: and Breeze and Brady are still playing it's Big yeah, Ben, just, all these
1: guys. It's its wild. It's like the whole snow globe has been chucked up <laughs> two, weeks this, two weeks before this season. Less than two weeks before a season. No, two weeks before a season. So th- that is wild. But like we said, we're in the middle of watching uh, the Miami-UF uh, college football week zero game. Um, UF ranked eighth in the country. There were seven-point favorites. Over-under at this one was 45 and a half. And Tyler, we both took the under in this game. It looked absolutely dead in the water. UF was up 24 to 20. They scored a touchdown with about eight minutes to go in the fourth when Felipe Franks ran in. And it was like one of those games where you're just like, okay, well, this is probably dead, but let's like see what happens here. And the ending was in- <laughs> insane, and we got a Steve
0: Spurrier meme out of it. Yeah, Steve Spurrier's face reacting to the Franks interception is gonna go down, and we'll be continue to use throughout the football season. But what do you think about just week zero in general, like that term? Do you like it? What What do you think? I think it's a little demeaning to these teams, is it not? (laughs) I guess I don't really
1: get it. What's the do you know what the origin is?
0: I have no. I feel like this is the first year they've called it that because I remember there being like a game or two in this scenario where it's before, you know, the rest of the season starts. Yeah. Why wouldn't it just be called week one? I agree. I don't know. I do like it is different week zero. It, it does. I feel like it has a cool ring to it, not demeaning, but this was a sloppy game. Like you'd expect from a week zero game, 24 to 20 classic week zero. Yeah. Classic week zero. I mean, Just seeing Felipe Franks play quarterback for Florida really makes me happy to bet against them moving forward throughout the season. The interception he threw is terrible, but Miami has to be kicking themselves after this game. You know, just looking at the box score, they had three more first downs in Florida, basically the same amount of total yards, more rushing yards. Um, They forced four turnovers. They had out. They had the ball thirteen minutes longer than Florida and they lost a game. Like, yeah, it's the first coat the first game for Manny Diaz, but I do not believe in moral victories at all. So like and in a rivalry game within the state of Florida to start off the new regime with this kind of win would have been monumental, but they weren't able to get it done. And like you said, sweating out that over-under was insane. (laughs) The last eight minutes of the game were wild. It was back and forth, turnovers by each side, but
1: especially the final drive as Miami's driving. They need a touchdown. So it it is kind of best case for us, knowing that they're not going to kick the field goal, obviously, was um, a bit comforting. But UF just... The U.F. Secondary just kept Miami alive time and time again on fourth downs, committing pass interferences. It committed two pretty bad ones, and there was a third flag thrown at the goal line, and they ended up picking up the flag, uh, luckily, because that could have been a whole lot more interesting. But uh, we held on, so we were one and zero through week zero games, and we both actually took the over in the late game on the island uh arizona visited hawaii arizona was uh 10 and a half point favorites and over under in this one was 72 and a half and uh good for hawaii the uh the the was it flying warriors the, the rainbow, rainbow, warriors. rainbow warriors yeah they, they won outright so anyone that backed them we know some of our full slave brethren want some money on that so props to them but uh tyler we're coming out of the gate in college football week zero i think we might be sharp so we went two and two out of the gate
0: yeah, two and zero to start the college football season feels good. Week zero maybe just has to stick around. It seems like it's easy to gamble on these games. I mean, the over under in both these games was easy for us. Didn't really have to blink an eye. But yeah, it's good to have college football back. Um, the end of the Arizona game, I mean, was crazy. Khalil Tate mm-hmm. was basically about to dive in and have you know an epic moment and. Manley Williams on Hawaii chased him down 40 yards, which is impressive for a defensive lineman to do. So awesome start to the college football season. IU gets started next Saturday versus Ball State. So hopefully I don't break any phones this year uh, watching them.
1: Yeah, for new listeners, Tyler is one of, in my opinion, I think one of three Indiana University football fans, and he broke his phone last year. Uh, Was it during the Ohio State game? Yep. And anyone uh, that follows Indiana football or Big Ten football, generally IU versus Ohio State's as safe of a a bet as it gets in terms of covering, but not winning.
0: Yeah, definitely frustrating, but awesome to have uh, college football back in our lives and this Andrew Luck news obviously rocking us, but we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, some more NFL futures we want to hit on. But first, a word from our sponsor. It's a
1: brand-new football season. Andrew Luck has retired, so where are you putting your money down? One thing hasn't changed for us, and it's where we're putting our money on all the games. MyBookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. Our Blue Wire podcasters are using MyBookie.com forward slash BlueWire to sign up this year. MyBookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sportsbook, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000 and only costs $100 center. Not bad. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. My bookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use a promo code BLUEWIRE and when creating your account to claim the bonus. Bet, win, get paid. Okay, and thank you again to our good friends of the program over at MyBookie. Now, Tyler and I, let's hop into some more NFL props here. Like we said, we're two weeks away from the season. And uh we're gonna break down a couple for you here. We're gonna do NFL MVP to get started. Um, Tyler, who do you like? Before actually before I do this, a couple couple things on a preface it with um so the favorites right now are mahomes at five to one carson wentz eight to one and then there's a group of four quarterbacks at 12 to one breeze Rodgers, brady and baker mayfield it's kind of wild tyler who, who you have your eye on here for uh, nfl mvp
0: yeah so we did some futures uh, us two matt greg last wednesday and you know there's so much to dive into with nfl leading up so we wanted to hit on some player and and then we're going to get into some coach props as well after this but for mvp um the guy i like i just really like the value on this and he had a really good year last year underratedly matt ryan at 28 to one i think is incredible value so last year the falcons fell apart um pretty quickly they started one and four they had a ton of injuries um. So they just really never got, you know, their footing going. But last year, he threw for nearly 5,000 yards, 35 touchdowns, 7 picks, Um, And I just think the Falcons are going to have a huge bounce back year. They got rid of Steve Sarkeesian offensively. I think they're going to look a lot better. They bring back Dirk Cutter, who's the old coach of the Bucs, who was previously the offensive coordinator for the Falcons. In his three years, Ryan was top five in passing yards in the NFL. All three years, Cutter was there. They made the NFC Championship game one year. I expect the Falcons as a team to have a huge bounce back year. And because of that, I think Ryan will come in and have a monster year. They... Obviously, with Julio Calvin Ridley, second year could take even a bigger jump. Mohamed Sanu, Devontae Freeman only played two games last year, which is insane. He'll be back, which will help the offense. The team will be better. So I love Matt Ryan at twenty-eight to one. Like looking at it comparatively to Baker Mayfield at twelve to one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I think the Browns are gonna be good, but I don't see why there'd be such a big disparity between those two guys. So I love Ryan at twenty-eight to one. Yeah, I think if if you like the Browns,
1: you've been priced out of any value for a couple months now, pre Odell trade. Um, I This was one of the ones I had circled as well. Like he won the MVP in 2016. Like you said, last year went to shit. 2017 was a little underwhelming uh, for them offensively, but you look at that offense. They have so many weapons and 28 to one, quite frankly. So this was a nice little tidbit. I like that. I found so quarterbacks have won the NFL MVP nine out of the last 10 years. The only anomaly was AP. Um, So quite frankly, what you're looking at here, if you're going to make this bet, is what quarterback do you think is going to lead his team to a solid playoff run and put up big numbers? And I think Matt Ryan's capable of that. Twenty-eight to one—that's just a lot of value. Um, Cam Newton's already a little banged up. Uh, I think the Bucs are going to be a train wreck this season. As you listeners know, I love the Saints, but it's not out of the realm of possibility that the Falcons, I think, win 11 or 12 games and. I think if if they do that, if they actually do get to 12 wins, I think Matt Ryan has to be a top three MVP uh, contender. And at that point, you're not touching this number.
0: And another reason I like it, something we talked about on the previous pod with teams, you know, looking at Super Bowl odds, which could kind of be throwing darts at a board kind of like this. You know, you're just taking guesses on guys and hoping it hits with, you know, high odds. Like You want the team to be good and get that playoff bye. You look at the MVP since 2013, seven, uh, seven straight years of QBs winning. All those teams were top two seeds in AFC, NFC, respectively. Mm-hmm. They had bye, so you have to be on a good team. And you look at the NFC, I think the biggest lock to get a bye right now out of those teams would be the Eagles. Outside of that, I don't see a second team that – you could really put in as a surefire team that gets a buy. I think the Rams will take a step down. I still do believe they'll be a good team, yeah. but if they go down to like ten, eleven wins, I that's not really high enough to get a buy. Yeah, and I, and I like. I, I think the Saints are going to take a step down. I mean, that might contradict something I say in a little bit. <laughs> but <laughs> I think the Falcons are in a good spot to jump ahead of them. Get you know, They get 12 wins. They get a bye. Matt Ryan has another huge year. That's what puts guys in MVP conversation. So just all those factors combined and just looking at guys who are beneath him odds-wise, like, I, th- I think I read this correctly. Jimmy G is 25-1. to 1. Correct. We love him. I believe the 49ers are going to have a good He's year. He's beautiful. But, you know, he shouldn't have better. He shouldn't be lower on the board than Matt Ryan. That's absurd. No, that's a lot of public money.
1: Um, and they must be taking into account all of our all of our bets on him. Just kidding. We actually haven't touched that one. Um, yeah, I I like Matt Ryan twenty eight to one. I think there's a lot of value there. And just looking at these numbers, like Mahomes at five to one, I don't like that at all. Breeze, I think. Um, Personally, in terms of taking the Saints to go to the Super Bowl and buying that infrastructure more than I am him having a monster year, Rodgers 12 to 1 is a little juicy, but he quite frankly hasn't been the same quarterback. Uh, Brady 12 to 1, he was not that good last year during the regular season. He just kind of put it together at the end. Um, so for me, when I was looking at this, I think you might like this pick, Tyler. Um, I'm taking your boy Deshaun Watson at 18 to 1. I think the AFC South. We spoke about it. It's opened up the split. The Red Sea has parted for Deshaun Watson to lead the Texans through. Lamar Miller went down last night with the torn ACL, which definitely sucks for Houston. However, I think the sad truth about the running back position is that it's the most replaceable position in the NFL. And you have deandre hopkins there um you've kiki kuti um will fuller yes thank you will fuller is their third option um and i think they have so much offensive firepower watson they got off to a slow start last year and then kind of rattled off i think was an 8 game win streak he put up uh 26 touchdowns 9 interceptions um i think there's a real path like you said you kind of have to have a you have to have that first round buy to probably end up winning an NFL MVP now looking at teams that can get a first round buy in the playoffs and whose quarterback I like the most uh to do that and just like balancing that out plus the value of it all I think Deshaun Watson at 18 to 1 is a really juicy option here.
0: definitely I mean Watson I talked about it on our pod the other night I liked his MVP odds so I have to agree with you there the Lamar Miller injury kind of went under the radar considering the whole Andrew Luck thing. Um, but they did bring in Duke Johnson, who is good. a good receiving, He's good. PPR machine. Yeah, good receiving back out of the backfield. So if anything, with a crappy offensive line with Houston, which is reiterated anytime you bring them up, mm-hmm. having a guy who could catch passes out of the backfield only helps Deshaun Watson take less hits. So I think that'll help him. 18 to 1, I, I do like. I don't know if they're going to get the bye just because I don't see the Chiefs slowing down. And the Patriots, I agree with you, weren't as good in the regular season. Brady wasn't as good. But just the division, I mean, I think the Jets and Bills will be better. But yeah. it's still they have the easiest schedule in the NFL. The Texans have a difficult schedule. But, I mean, I, I still like them to win the division. And I see your value. Um, I'm just If we're going off that, you know, you have to get the bye. Mm-hmm. Um, logic, I don't see it, them getting a bye. But I do think he's going to have a monster year. I just feel like people... I know he's a second rated QB in fantasy, but I still feel like people might just forget like how good this guy is. I don't know. It just, maybe because he's on the Texans. I mean, he came out of the gate
1: like gangbusters two years ago and then got hurt. He was like setting the world on fire. And I think it took him really the first half of last year to get his feet under him um, and get back to the quarterback he was. And I and mean, that Texans team last year just kind of pieced together fluky wins, it felt like, for a lot of this season. But I think this year they're going to come out. He's had the full offseason to really get ready. Um, and 18-1, like, that's a, that's a bet I'm actually, I think I'm, I need to lock that in. I like that.
0: Well, and the thing is, last year they won what is eight or nine games in a row, and they didn't beat anybody. It was a very Correct. weak schedule. This year, you know, they have a really difficult schedule. So if, you know he's going to they're going to have to earn it so if they get through with if he earns s- it with a similar record if they get you know 11 12 wins that puts him in a good spot and also the running you know is a big factor too he had 551 yards last year five rushing touchdowns if that gets up a little bit that boosts him up and i think he's easily over 30 passing touchdowns so i do like it i'm on the texans as you know and we already talked about i want to hit on one other guy which was a little Lower down the board as far as odds wise, mm-hmm. and a little bit of a long shot, but I think it's Ooh. worth it um, if you're buying the infrastructure, mm-hmm. as you referenced earlier. A guy on the Saints, Amara. Alvin Kamara at 50 mm-hmm. to 1. I just I think that's juicy. I mean, Breeze's passing attempts have just gone down over the last two seasons. He had the yeah. lowest passing attempts in his career since 2004. Think about that. He, that was when he's back on the Chargers. So they're clearly going more run heavy. They swapped out Latavius for Ingram. I mean, Latavius isn't as good, but like we've talked about, running back's very replaceable, so I don't see a huge drop-off. But I do think there's an aspect where they're going to continue to lower Breeze's attempts. And Kamara's is just going to get more usage in that offense. And if you believe that the Saints will continue to roll at 50 to one, they're going to continue to roll because of Kamara. It's not going to be Breeze.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he had 81 catches last year. The, the Saints have led the NFL in rushing touchdowns the last two years. So I think that continues with you know a high dose of Kamara. If it's just say he gets 100. Receptions. He has over a thousand running and receiving yards. Obviously, has to be more than that. But if he gets to those like landmark numbers, and the Saints are good, Kamara can easily be in the MVP conversation. And at fifty to one right now, you're not getting that value later in the season.
1: You stole my follow-up question. My follow-up question is going to be, what non-quarterback do you like? And I just pulled up our trusted sources over at Wikipedia. I'm just looking at a list of historical MVP winners, and this is going back to 2000. There have been so Marshall Falk in 2001, NFL MVP, Sean Alexander in 05. LT in 06 and AP one in 2012. Besides that, it's all quarterbacks. So essentially this award is going to either a absolute monster of a running back or the best quarterback on the top four team in the NFL. So at 50 to one, Alvin Kamara is so juicy. And you know how many like highlight real plays this guy's going to put together. Like you mentioned it, he's going to help them both out of the backfield running and we know he's a machine as a receiver um so i i I like that a lot that was going to be like one of my other guys to just kind of i don't know throw a dart at it and like you never know
0: yeah like i said so he gets a thousand rushing a thousand receiving a hundred receptions and this is say like
1: like 15 18 touchdowns he had
0: had 18 total touchdowns rushing receiving last year if he gets to like just say 25 i know that's a huge jump but if he gets to twenty-five total <laughs> a touchdowns, yeah. it is. But the, I, I well, losing Ingram is big. Latavius is, you know, might be able to replace it. But I just sure. think you have to give Kamara more touches. If he just makes these, you know, slight jumps in numbers, and the touchdown is, you know, big jump seven more. But if he's able to get to that. That's an MVP-type season from a running back. That's what LT put up it was a 26, 28 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. The touchdowns need to be there. They've been there for him. And if you, we're saying he's going to get more touches as a result of Breeze falling off, he's been such an efficient player in his career already. Why not think he gets more touches? Touchdown, the touchdown number will go up. Correct. That's simple math
1: right there. The only thing holding him back, as we know, as former Alvin Kamara, fantasy football owners, is Sean Payton. So we'll see if Sean Payton maybe sprinkles a little capital on this NFL MVP bet. Um, so this kind of serves as a seamless transition. Good job by me to coach of the year, which uh, for anyone that listened to our football podcast last year, Tyler, feels very passionate about NFL coaches. So. That'll be a little bit of a foreshadowing for our next segment. But NFL Coach of the Year, um, just looking at some of the favorites here. um, The favorite right now. You know who
0: the favorite is right now?
1: Yeah, our boy Kyle Shanahan. That's that's insane. At ten today. to one, again, odds off our good friends at my bookie. Kyle Shanahan, ten to one. Freddie Kitchens, eleven to one. Sean McVay and Belichick are over at twelve to one. Those are kind of all the sexy guys at the top. Um, who do you like here, Tyler? This is one that is kind of hard to handicap, but I think going through there, are a couple of juicy options here.
0: This is hard for me, especially being very <laughs> anti-coach. Um, I wanted every coach essentially fired last year, except a handful. And there was a huge turnover last year in coaching that that felt like just a crazy year. I don't see it as big this year. But a guy like um, that we talked about on the previous futures pod, Mike Tomlin at 28 to one seems like a good bet. He's never won this award before. um, So that's a that's a good sign. I don't there's not a ton of repeat winners in this category. Um, Ron Rivera's won twice, Bruce Arians, Belichick. I mean, that, those are just recently. So it's not like you get you need new blood in this type of award. The Steelers had such a disappointing season last year. And if they get back, you know, being the team that we've come to expect from them, they win the AFC North, um, you know, they... Say they get a buy or whatever. It's just say they win eleven, ten, eleven games. Mm-hmm. Mike Tomlin will be up there in the conversation, never having won it before. Because you look at other teams in the AFC, we think who are going to be good: the Chiefs and the Patriots. Belichick and Andy Reid are not going to get it, so you could cross those guys out. So Mike Tomlin at twenty-eight to one is good value, just because we're we're high on the Steelers and we think we think they're going to have a bounce back here, So might as well take a flyer on Tomlin.
1: Yeah, twenty-eight to one. You can't deny that value and. That that team, I feel like you're going to get a little bit of addition by subtraction um, by getting rid of AB and Levy. On we saw what James Conner did last year. Uh, just looking at kind of the past ten years in this award you basically need to the team needs to get to 11 wins uh there's only one time where someone had 10 wins marvin lewis uh RIP back in 2009 um so keeping that in mind and just looking kind of at the value i obviously we're so biased on kyle shanahan but it's kind of crazy to me he's a favor here at 10 to 1 freddie kitchens we've talked about it the browns are priced out in my mind I'm doubling down on my divisional pick here, and I'm going with Mike Zimmer, of of the Minnesota Vikings, their head coach. He's also at twenty eight to one, um, which to me is like very low down on the board. Uh, people, I think people are forgetting that this team won thirteen games just two years ago. Kirk Cousins, my guy, an efficient three for thirteen last night in preseason. Um, however, they won. And I think he was just getting it out of his system. That's what I like to believe, at least. But Dalvin Cook looked really good last night. He ripped off a long run. And like I said, the new offense coordinators in there, they got rid of John DiFilippo, who is way too pass heavy. They have a ton of weapons on the offensive side. And defensively, I like that unit. And I think, again, we're looking for someone that's going to win 11 games. And I think that's within the realm of possibilities for this minnesota vikings team so at 28 to 1 i'll i'll eat that up
0: how did mike zimmer win coach of the year two years ago when they went 13 and three with case keenum sean mcveigh won that year the rams had a great bounce back year but winning 13 games with case keenum as your quarterback what we're seeing what we saw from keenum last year um I even forgot. Oh, he's on the Broncos. The Broncos. He's going to yeah. be on an awful Redskins team this year. Mm-hmm. Just seeing that, I mean, I feel like should win you coach of the year. Yeah, you so got this, shafted. This could be an overdue winner if you're of the belief that the Vikings are going to be good this year. You hate this pick, don't you? I don't hate <laughs> it. I mean, I think Mike Zimmer is a very good coach. Um, I'm just not high on Kirk Cousins, so I wouldn't take it personally. But I see your logic. 28 to 1 is good value. You're looking for first-time winners who have, you know, that – boom potential right worth mm-hmm. team can have a division winning season potentially get a buy win 11 games. so i see your logic i'm just not riding with anything on the vikings this year yeah i i get it um
1: I understand your Kirk Cousins spite, um, but I'm willing, like I said, I'm willing to put my flag on Kirk Cousins Island and defend it. And we will see how it goes if if I get murdered or if people join me. And I I don't know, maybe have a colony of Kirk Cousins uh, fans by the end of the season. But we've had two first time head coaches that have won in a row. Uh, Matt Nagy last year for the Bears, like you said, McVay two years ago for the Rams. If you think we're going to get to three in a row because I know you you took the Packers as your team over Matt LaFleur is sitting there at a juicy 20 to one um, and that's better value than the Rodgers MVP at 12 to one. So if you like want that angle and that path of outcomes, this seems like the route to take.
0: I totally agree. If you think the Packers, like I said, are going to have a bounce-back year, make the playoffs, why wouldn't LaFleur be up there? They won six games last year. Wildly disappointing. There's been so much drama around that team. If they come out this year and win a tough NFC North, the Bears are – you know, supposed to still be up there. The Vikings are going to be competitive. It's a tough division. If they get back from six wins and Rodgers has a bounce back a year, they win the division. Matt LaFleur, at 20 to 1, seems like a great bet. I don't see how he wouldn't win, to be honest, if, I agree. if they win the division. I agree. So you look at the first year, some of the first year coaches. Freddie Kitchens, 11 to 1. Like you said, the, the Browns hype is off the wall. LaFleur, 20 to 1. You have to scroll down. Vic cliff Fangio, King- yeah, Vic fangio cliff kingsbury zach taylor it's, uh, it's, how are the prime Pac- Floras
1: how are the packers and the broncos head coaches at the same value here 20 to 1 that seems like a mispricing here so our good friends at my bookie let our let our listeners lock this in before you move that but it feels like a nice bet
0: yeah so out of all the first year coaches you're going with Lafleur. you don't like any of those longer shots like Cliff Kingsbury, thirty-three to one. There's no. seems like a minute chance that they're good this year. You don't see it.
1: I think they'll be better. Like I'm buying Kyler Murray, but that division is NFC West is way too hard for that team to make some real uh,
0: waves. I agree. Just wanted to bring it up, but yeah, I think LaFleur at 20 to one. And there's just been, like we said, so much negativity around that team that if they have a good year and win the division, that would just swing the pendulum so far the other way to what people were expecting. Mm -hmm. And him and Rodgers say the Packers you know this is all going back to what I talked about five of the first seven games at home if they get off to a good start you know the story is coming out oh, floor and Rodgers are vibing early like yep. what they connected over how it's different from McCarthy so getting in at 20 to 1 right now I, I, I do like that but let's shift gears to you have to you have to intro this one that a category that's <laughs> very close to my heart that I loved talking about last year first coach to it says on my bookie to leave his post. It would essentially be fired. Um, so say li- the four things that would qualify it: a dismissal, <laughs> firing, resigning, or retirement. I don't know what the difference between dismissal and firing is, but this but, I I love this category. Um, last year, I mean, I basically pointed out like seven. I would say eight to ten teams that <laughs> I thought the coach should been fired, and almost all of them ended up happening. So it, I wasn't I wasn't too out there. Um, I'll let you start. I'll give Let like, you pick your first one because I've I've a good one I like. Um, so I'll
1: let you get the ball rolling on okay. this. Thank you, Tyler. So courteous of you. Uh, the favorites right now are Jay Gruden at three to one, Pat Shermer seven to one, Matt Patricia at ten to one. So just looking at all these options, uh, there are two that kind of stuck out to me. But my favorite one is Matt Patricia at ten to one. I think the NFC North is gonna be a very tough division like i said i like the vikings in it all
0: over these coaches
1: all uh, all, yeah correct correct. i think i think both these things are coming out of nfc north i think this is they're gonna be far and away the worst team in this division matt patricia going into his second season if they continue to take a step back and regress uh i i see a a pretty clear route where this thing could get pretty ugly and i think at 10 to 1 i i've I wouldn't be shocked if Matt Patricia's first to go.
0: He was one of the guys last year. I thought should have been fired. That wasn't. He was. The lines are wildly disappointing. Not even. Dis- I shouldn't say they're, they're wildly. Bad. disappointing. They're bad. They're bad. And you could see with Patricia, it just isn't happening with him. Yeah. I just don't think he's made to be an NFL coach. That's not the worst thing in the world to say about right. something. Some people are meant to be number two. Some are meant to be number ones. And we've seen it with Patriot coordinators historically. Yeah. So I, I agree with that. I just don't. I just don't see the upside with that team at all. Like Matt Stafford is in the category of coach or quarterbacks that's just average, like good enough to maybe get you to the playoffs, bad enough where you want to upgrade. I just I'm not high on the Lions at all. Who who better question it? Who's ever high on the Lions? I like
1: on Johnson. I think he'll be pretty good
0: for fantasy. Yeah, I have him. (laughs) I have him in one league, and I'm already not feeling great about it. But I agree. I like Patricia. That was one I looked at. Pat Shermer, a plus seven hundred being the second on this list, I think is I, I don't understand that. I think
1: that's crazy. He's not going anywhere.
0: No. If we could get um Alex from Sport Trade On to short this uh Yeah. If we could short that position, I would love it because mm. the Giants don't like change coaches that often. They have kept, kept Coughlin forever mm. when he should have probably been fired sooner. Pat Shermer isn't getting fired. There's no expectation around that team this year to be good. Eli is probably going to start maybe like the first half of the season. Maybe he plays most of it. Daniel Jones, like, that's a team that's in rebuilding mode. Yeah. They, they traded away Odell Beckham Jr. this offseason. Why would you expect them to be good? They let Landon Collins go. Right. I just wanted to touch on that at plus 700, bud. Who's I, your
1: pick? Do you have your sights set on here? Yeah.
0: Let's get back to it. Um, <laughs> I, I did have Patricia as one guy. The other one I like. <clears throat> At 12 to 1, Doug Marone, the Jags coach. Mm. Now, the Jags are a weird team where I could see them being really good this year or being really bad, and I don't see an in-between. They came in last year with super high expectations coming off the playoff run from the previous year. A lot of people are predicting them to go to the Super Bowl. Obviously, that didn't happen. They're top 10 in the NFL draft this year, and there's a lot of – like it's a make or break year i think for this team so doug marone this is gonna be his fourth year that's a really sweet spot for a coach (laughs) and you look at their schedule to start it's really tough they open up at home versus kansas city then they're at houston home tennessee at denver at carolina home new orleans that's a really tough six game stretch to open up and if they go two and four one and five and Foles isn't playing well living up to that contract jalen ramsey isn't getting his contract you're Mm. gonna start to hear noise there's gonna be internal strife and the team was unhappy when they gave blake bortles an extension if they brought in another quarterback gave him money and it doesn't hit that's only gonna rise tensions and doug marone could be a casualty of that so that's why i like marone at 12 to 1 that seems like a really combustible team because you know the defense was unreal in 2017 historic They weren't even bad last year. They took a slight drop-off, and the team fell apart because of the offense. So if the offense continues to fall apart, the defense, you know, there's going to be that struggle between the team. So that's why I like Marone at 12-1. to Tough schedule to start, and the team could just unwind quickly. A lot of personalities. Yeah, there's there's a lot at play there. That, I
1: actually think, yeah, I agree with what you said. The Jags are either going to be a team that randomly wins eleven games, or they're going three and thirteen, and everyone's like, "Wow, Foles really went on a wild run a couple of years ago when he led the uh, Eagles to the Super Bowl." Jake Rudin at three to one. I know there's no value there, but the, I think the Redskins are about to be really bad.
0: They are. He's been there a while. Right. It seems. It seems like logical like people... fault that like. Not what Redskins... are they working with there? The Redskins are such a terribly run team. I wouldn't even. I'm defending him, which is wild for a coach who's the favorite to get fired. Yeah, no. He's going <laughs> to get fired this season. I'm confident in saying that. But I don't even think that's his fault. So we'll see what happens. But like I said with Marone, it's just super make or break with that team. Like you said, we could look at it and be like, wow, Foles is really good. And, you know, that wasn't, you know, fluky what we've seen the last couple of years. Or he doesn't live up to it. And they're in rebuilding mode. It, it could go Either way, they built up that defense to be a contender. And if the offense continues to struggle, I could see kind of like what happened in Seattle, mm-hmm. where the offense and defense are fighting, but Seattle is a much better overall team. But I could see that happening, and Marone kind of being a casualty, because the owner of that team wants to win. It's not like other teams, where, they're, like the Giants, where it's understood they're in kind of a rebuilding mode. Like the Jags want to win this year. Yeah, yeah,
1: I totally see that. There's one other one that... I would be curious to hear your thoughts on uh, Jason Garrett has been with the Cowboys forever. Uh, He's at 15 to one. This whole Zeke issue, we are two weeks out from week one and he's going to sign. You think? Okay. well, if he doesn't sign now, the Cowboys, this is like kind of a reverse logic here. But the Cowboys opening schedule is pretty easy, right? So if they somehow get off to a bad start. As Zeke is out, they get off to a bad start. They start with Giants, at Redskins, Dolphins, at Saints, Packers. So the first three games should be winnable. If they go one and two and they're looking at one and four at the start of the season, is there a world where Jerry Jones is like, Jason, like, that's it,
0: you're done? I can see it, but that's happened so many years and he's never been fired. And Jason Garrett is like, He's kind of a cockroach. He's what I stand for in awful coaches wanting <laughs> to get them fired. But he just doesn't die. It, You know, Jerry Jones likes having him around because he's a yes man. He's not going to challenge Jerry Jones. That's what caused the issue with him and Jimmy Johnson going back to the 90s. Jason Garrett is going to follow the company lines. And that's why he stayed around this long. I, I agree with you that I see that your if logic blows in that. Up. But I'm higher on Dak Prescott than a lot of people are, I think. I people will say oh the running game the defense the offense line all that is true but i i truly believe Dak Prescott is a legit like franchise quarterback the money he wants is insane but i'm i'm higher on him than most people so i just think the talent is there on the team that even if Zeke is out a couple weeks like i don't know i really like I just like that team. I think Prescott's going to take a big step up this year with Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup in his second year taking step up, bringing in Randall Cobb. I think the Cowboys are going to be sneaky, like really good, and I think Prescott's going to take a big step up. So I get your point, but I just think the Cowboys are going to be too good for, uh, to, to get fired.
1: Yeah, I think that was a piece of me just being like, how's Jason Garrett? Like, how, how are we still doing this? How is he still here? I mean, they won, they, they won a playoff game last year.
0: He survived so long that it's just like, you're he's numb just, to it. It was like Marvin, it was Marvin Lewis. Yeah, right?
1: you're right. You're right. It's the same shit. Uh, so if I have to take one, I think I'm, I'm, I'm putting my money on Matt Patricia and you're, you're going with Doug Marone down in Jacksonville. But I think that wraps up uh the first blue wire edition of the Sunday Scaries pod. Um so download, subscribe, rate and review, and we're gonna be rolling this out uh throughout the NFL season. Basically the way it will work for you guys is We'll continue to do our Pick'em Pod, which will come out Wednesday morning. Uh, Matt and Greg will do theirs. that will come out Friday, and then we'll rotate Sunday evening. So even if we're not on the pod, follow us on Twitter, and we'll be putting out our Lock of the Week recap, uh, Grandpa Billy's Bum of the Week. Um, And Tyler, we have a huge first guest coming up uh, this upcoming Wednesday for anyone who watched uh, Showtime's docuseries called Action on Sports Gambling in the U.S. So we have someone from that show joining us for an interview. So stay tuned and again, keep following us.